Welcome back, everyone. This is the Spark with Stark podcast, and it's my goal to provide simplistic wellness solutions for fast-paced and high-demand lifestyles. Today's episode is going to talk about something I call stoplight nutrition and intuitive eating. These are just two topics that have been in my mind the last week. They've come up in conversations. They've come up on certain pieces of content that I've been making and just through like experiences in my own personal life. I'm starting to gain awareness and some insight into these areas, and I just wanted to pass that along so you can see uh, better results, you can see um, long-term results, you can sustain the result, and it can be a little bit more effective and efficient process for you. Because I do believe these two areas are going to hold the key to sustainability. And that's a huge, huge portion of nutrition and exercise um, if you want to see long-term results. So let's jump into it. Stoplight nutrition. Um, this is kind of a concept that was coined by Precision Nutrition. Super, super good source. If you guys want to check out their content, Precision Nutrition, you can just type it into Google. But basically what this does is it it ranks foods in three categories. You have your green, yellow, and red light foods. And like I like to look at food through an 80-20 lens, and I talk about this a lot in my content. But basically splitting food into this 80%, and then 20% if you look at like a pie graph, right? 80% of your food that you eat should come from natural, whole, nutrient-dense food sources. So things usually with like seven ingredients or less. The other 20% can come from anything you want, except I don't like to tell people to eat trans fats because I don't believe anyone should have that in their body. So just eating, you know, treats and things that you enjoy, but staying away from trans fats. What this model does is it allows you to be consistent with the 80% because you always have that 20% in your diet. You always have those foods that you enjoy just in moderation, right? So you're more consistent with the 80% because you have those, the 20% in your diet on a regular basis. And what the stoplight nutrition does is it helps you get the most out of your 20%. So when I look at my 20%, I like to rank those foods, the foods that I'm eating, into three categories. Green light foods, yellow light foods, and red light foods. Now what's super effective about this is it's going to create the best bang for your buck when it comes to your 20%. And I'll explain why. Green light foods are foods, treats, things that you enjoy that you can eat in moderation and you don't feel like you have to overconsume. You can eat a little bit of it and you just, for whatever reason, you're just like, okay, I'm content. I'm satisfied and I can move on. Yellow light foods are foods that kind of start going towards that tipping point where you have a little bit and then you want a lot more, but you can still kind of eat it in moderation. It's not anything too crazy. Um, Just being aware of those types of foods. And then red light foods are the foods that you eat a little bit of and you want a lot more of. They're really, really difficult to eat in moderation. So something for me that I'm starting to find is a red light food for me is peanut butter. Every time I have a scoop of peanut butter, I want two, three, four more scoops of peanut butter. And then I want chocolate. And then I want this. And then I want this. And it just kind of goes on the spiral. If I don't put the peanut butter in my diet, but I have like a chocolate chip pancake or something, and I don't have any peanut butter on it, I find it a lot more more easy to have that pancake and be like, man, I feel satisfied, I feel good, and then move on. So these are going to be different for everybody, but I would just encourage you to start kind of viewing your 20% in these three um, 
these three compartments, right? You have your green light foods, you have your yellow light foods, and then you have your red light foods. When it comes to your red light foods, keep them out of your environment. Keep them out of your house because if they're there, you're most likely going to eat them, especially if they're a red light food. If you want a red light food, go to the store, go to the store, go to the store and pick up a small package of whatever red light food that you want. Bring it home and then eat it. Right? So we're having small pre-packaged items. We're not going, if uh, ice cream is your red light food, you're not going to the store and getting a gallon of ice cream and bringing it back home. You're getting like a small pint or a cup or a cone and then coming back home. Yellow light foods, keep in your house, but kind of keep them around sparingly and being aware of how much you have. So maybe a smaller package instead of like a really big package of a yellow light food. And then green foods, green light foods, keep them in your house and have them on a regular basis. Right, just so you don't feel restrictive, you're putting it in your diet. It's really easy to eat that 20%. Just eat it in moderation, feel satisfied, and moved on. What's really effective about the 20% is it allows you, I mentioned this before, but allows you to keep consistent with the 80%. Now, if you view the 20% right, there's nothing wrong with that to have that in your diet on a consistent basis. There's nothing wrong with that as long as you're looking at the bigger picture and as long as you're understanding energy balance and calories, which I'll talk about when we talk about intuitive eating. But what the the yellow, green, and red light system does is it's going to allow you to get the best bang for your buck. You're going to feel the most satisfied off that 20%. Because what's really dangerous about the 20% is the 20% can very easily turn into 30, 40, 50, and even 60% if you're not viewing it correctly. If you're not putting you know, the 80% in there and then kind of organizing your green, yellow, and red light foods. You can very, very easily kind of switch gears. So just something, a piece of encouragement moving forward. Look at your 20% through that lens. Now, the other piece of the puzzle is the intuitive eating. This is something, a big topic. I've heard a lot of people talk about it. And I just wanted to give my two cents on it really quickly. Intuitive eating, um, it, it kind of depends on what your definition of intuitive eating is, but the way that I look at it in the way that I feel like a lot of people view it is like intuitive eating is you just put a lot of good things in your diet and you just eat until you're full and satisfied and then your body, because your body knows what it wants, it's just going to magically lose weight or it's just going to magically gain muscle or whatever your goal is. It's just going to magically you know, um, create recomposition. And the problem with that is I can intuitively eat 6,000 calories, like easy, no problem. If I have a really stressful day, if I'm a little bit dehydrated and I have a red light food, I can intuitively eat 6,000 calories and not even feel full, right? So just because you your body wants something doesn't mean that it actually needs it. And I think that's super important to like understand. Just the way society is nowadays, we have all these hyper, they call them hyper palpable, hyper palpable. I think that's how you say it. Basically foods that you eat and you just want more and more and more and more in food just because of the way they're chemically created, just because of the, the grease and the fat and the sugar and all this stuff that's in it. You eat that food and you just want more and more food and your body wants more and more food, but just because your body wants it doesn't mean you actually need it. So creating awareness around calories creating that caloric awareness is the first step before you even think about intuitive eating. If you don't have caloric awareness, I don't think intuitive eating is beneficial. So caloric awareness is just understanding your energy, understanding energy balance. 
That's all it is. I view counting calories as the exact same concept as keeping a budget. For whatever reason, we don't demonize keeping a budget, right? And keeping track of our finances and having cash flow and whatever, whatever, whatever. But a lot of people demonize counting calories. And that's all it is. It's an energy budget. That's what a calorie is. It's a form of energy and you're just budgeting your energy based on your goal. So I think creating targets and creating awareness around, okay, how do I feel off of 2,000 calories? How do I feel off of 2,500 calories? How do I feel off 120 grams of protein? How do I feel off 140 grams of protein? What does that look like? How does that fit into my day? If I, if I eat three meals a day and I kind of structure my meals like this, what does 23 to 2,500 calories look like? I think creating those targets and tracking calories for a period of time and doing it consistently throughout the year, maybe not through the holidays, maybe not on the vacations, maybe not on, you know, traveling and, and really, really stressful days, but creating that skill and that continual cycle of just creating awareness, keeping that budget is going to allow you to start implementing intuitive eating down the line. And intuitive eating is what does 2,500 calories look like for me? Not what does my body feel like eating today? Because that's going to differ depending on so many factors. Sleep, water, exercise, stress. Stress being the big one. You can stress eat 8,000 calories, no problem. Maybe not that much. I mean, I probably could. But um, the point being, create caloric awareness. Don't feel bad about it. Don't feel bad about creating your budget. Because I think it's the most effective way. And I've seen so much, so much success in it. And... Um, it, it takes a little bit of discipline, but honestly, like if you eat the same meal structure and some of the same foods and kind of just switch it up, maybe go out to eat once or twice a week, it doesn't really add more than like five to 10 minutes a day to your schedule. Just typing it into my fitness pal. And if you have the food already on there, it's already saved. It's really easy just to click the button, upload it. And then the more you do it, the faster it's going to become. So you're looking at like five minutes a day to create caloric awareness, to actually see results to be effective, to not have any frustration, to see consistency, to get down to your goal, to have more confidence, five minutes a day, just tracking your calories, hitting your protein target. Like, I think that's a super doable thing. Um, I just, I just don't want you to feel bad to do that. I think there's some people that maybe they aren't in the right position to count calories. And I totally understand that. I think you start with some habits start adding protein into your diet, start um, keeping track of your water, start adding a lot of vegetables and berries and micronutrients into your foods. Um, and there's a lot of different things you can do, getting more sleep. But if you're at the level where you want to start counting calories, but other people think it's negative or people think like you're too meticulous or you're too structured, I just want you to rethink of that process because um, at the end of the day, it's such an effective method. And, uh, I just want you to see success and not see the frustration. I think it far, far, far outweighs the frustration that comes from inconsistent results. So that's my two cents on stoplight nutrition and just intuitive eating and caloric awareness in general. I hope that provides you some value. Honestly, like if you can get your nutrition locked in, and by locked in, I mean 80-20, not 100% perfect, but 80% consistent with 20% coming from whatever you want, on a regular basis, if you can do that and you can start gaining that caloric awareness, the results are going to go through the roof. The results are going to go through the roof because that's the biggest thing that people are missing. It's not the one hour of the day in the gym, right? There is some structure. There are some rules. Uh, there's some, there's a method to the madness. 
I believe, um, with exercise and training, but it's the other 23 hours of the day that people are missing. And I think focusing on the nutrition and allowing the exercise to kind of just blend into the background is going to give you the best result and you're going to feel way better and it's just going to be better over the long term. So that's my two cents. If you have any questions, just let me know. Honestly, I will do everything I can just to set you up on the right foundation and then you can take it from there for free. So email me at ericstark at sparkwithstark.com. You can, um, you can message me on any social link platform, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, um, YouTube, Facebook. It's just Spark with Stark, and I'll be more than happy to help you out. Thanks so much for listening. Your best is yet to come.